Turner here with another guest quest episode from the Gimme the Loot podcast, dealing with a little post-event shenanigans, so appreciate you guys being patient on the next campaign episode that will be out next Tuesday. And hey, good news, we are in the back portion of the year, which means we are going to get into the campaign rush where we start to release back-to-back campaign episodes so that we can move through the end of season two and try and get season two wrapped up by the end of January. Going to keep this quick and simple. This is our interview with Luke Gygax, son of Gary Gygax, one of the primary creators of Dungeons and Dragons. He was generous enough to come in and talk to us after having played a session with me for Jasper's Game Day, an incredible organization. Speaking of incredible organizations, we just wrapped up our event over the weekend, Gimme the Belt 2022, to support Game to Grow a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uses Dungeons & Dragons for therapeutic social development and community outreach purposes. Big thanks to everyone who participated, helped produce, or donated to the event. Special shout out, of course, to Tabletop Titties for taking the belt for the second year in a row. The campaign is still open, so if you'd like to help us inch a little bit closer to our goal for the year, you can head to the link in the show notes below. Just a reminder, this is a rebroadcast of a streaming episode, so the audio will be a little bit less polished than our standard podcast content. And, of course, it's our content, so it is not a family-friendly show. Campaign episode back next week on Tuesday, and going to try and keep rolling them forward from there so that we can get right into Season 3 after the start of the new year, and you guys can meet our newest cast member who will be joining, well, tomorrow when we record our first campaign episode where her character gets introduced. Anyway, hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Boom, sneak attack, show commences. That's how we start here, guys. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of The Guest Quest, the tabletop uh, role-playing game community interview show that really hopes it got that nasty hiss out of its mic for this episode because this week we are joined by Luke Gygax of uh, Gary Khan, amongst other things. Uh, Luke, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Joining us tonight to talk with uh, with Luke about all things convention and more are... Uh, it's Harlan. Uh, you know, I play Todd on the Give Me Luke podcast. I'm now saying I'm the best rogue ever to rogue in history. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this is Moyle Bear. I play Moyle Mossberg on the Gimme the Loot podcast. And uh, when the budget gets up, uh, that little thing that goes around that says free won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so become um, a patron. <laughs> hey, just a reminder, we are only 11 patrons away from buying Moyle a real bear costume to stream in. So we've got it selected out. We've got it in the shopping cart. We just need 11 more patrons to make that happen. You got to give him the finger wiggle. Mm. Well, and one more patron to make our next uh, host uh, stream in a tingle costume as he folds oh, laundry man. and reads Tosh, Todd Stashwick's IMDb page. Also <laughs> joining us. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Jamie. I play Eldrin on the Gimme the Loop podcast. And yeah, I'm fresh from a vacation where I may or may not have been secretly hitting, uh, you know, uh, hit squatting on, on patrons to keep myself from having to dress up like that. <laughs> we, we mysteriously <laughs> downtick below the tingle time threshold. Within 24 hours of hitting it every time, it is not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme the Lou podcast, and I am more unkempt than usual. Um, but other than that, I'm excited. Thank you, sir, for showing up. That's right. That's not whiskey in those bottles, fellas. Oh, no. He is oh, very no. unkempt. <laughs> oh, and, Jesus. And as always, I'm Anthony, who plays Baba Tunde. Okay, gang. Well, I had the, the pleasure uh, of meeting Luke this year for Jasper's Game Day. I participated in uh, the closing out stream uh, where Stashwick DM'd us through a, a very Ghostbusters 2-esque uh, uh, adventure. Moyle, you would have loved it. Um, the Ghostbuster? Okay. 
Go yeah, go and not only Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two and yeah, right the up, right? Ghostbuster, right? The one and only <laughs> Ghostbusters I've seen. The one and only Ghostbusters you've seen. That's uh, one with the, the painting, right? The portrait. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, in fact, yep that's at, it. At the end of it, we did in fact have to wrestle a uh, enchanted uh, enchanted portrait. Uh, Luke played a fairy swashbuckler. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I think I played uh, Arel Flynn or something like that. Uh, that is correct. Correct. And, and uh, out, out totted Todd, if I remember correctly, not Todd oh. Stashwick, but our own Todd, the tiefling who claims to be uh, claims to be the, uh, the only, the best rogue ever. Um, so, you know, got that opportunity, wanted to ask you to come on and talk a little bit about Gary Khan. Um, I have never, I've been to conventions. I have never been to a uh, TTRPG convention. And uh, I, don't, I think, you know, a good section of our, our, our listeners and our patrons haven't necessarily gotten to enjoy that experience either. We've potentially got some con stuff coming up um, and thought it would be great to go to the source. Can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Gary Khan and the overall shape of it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Gary Khan grew out of a very sad event. Uh, my father passed away on March 4th, 2008. And uh, of course, I knew he was you know, a well-known game designer, right? Uh, that was pretty obvious. But what I didn't realize is how important he was and his work was to people that, you know, around the world, uh, just the outpouring of, of support and in a sense of loss that people shared on, you know, uh, posts or honestly, people call me. I was in recruiting command at the time because uh, I was in the army and I was in recruiting command. And so people, people just called me who I didn't know because they looked at my number. They thought they'd get my voicemail or something and they were surprised they would uh, answer the phone. But they just wanted to say how how important Dungeons and Dragons was to them in their formative years, and how uh, how much they're going to miss my dad, even if they didn't know him. And of course, certain people corresponded. Lots of people corresponded with him by uh, emails or or boards because he was a prolific writer uh, and tried to answer every single email and letter that he got uh, personally. But uh, uh, just some people had never met him, and they said, "You know what? This D and D helped me." through a tough time in my life, whether it was my parents divorcing or some other loss or uh, it helped me get past a learning disability. And so for them, uh, the game and by extension, my dad uh, had meaning for them mm -hmm. and they felt his loss. And it was really, you know, cathartic. I didn't really understand that word until that event. And it was really nice to have, to know that people shared that sense of loss. And it was this great group of people that appreciated my father in at least some of the ways that I appreciated them as well, right? And it gave me all the more respect for them. Uh, so some folks said they were going to come to Lake Geneva, just start driving to Lake Geneva. I read this to pay, uh, you know, uh, pay their respects. Uh, so we had a funeral, but that didn't seem like the right way to host, you know, what were essentially strangers. So uh, we put together a wake at the American Legion Hall, which was the location of conventions that I remember as a kid. Um, you know, winter fantasies and spring revels. There were TSR events, a few hundred people, you know, three, 300 people, maybe at most. And I loved them. And I'd go around and play games. My dad would be there. My whole family was there. My sisters and my mom would work the concession stand. So this was just uh, like a magical time for me as a, as a young person. So I said, let's do that. We'll share stories about my dad, watch the D&D cartoon, the Futurama episode and play games and share food and kind of do what he loved so much in life, which was hang out and with you know, fellow gamers and, and have a good time. And we did that and people had so much fun. Uh, Harold Johnson, who's, uh, you know, lives in Lake Geneva still. He's a, he wrote uh, a few of the classic D&D pieces, was an editor uh, for, for a while at TSR. He said, hey, Luke, this was, this was really neat. You should do it again next year. And Jolly Blackburn, who's the creator of Knights of the Dinner Table comic book based on, you know, role-playing group. Uh, he said, yeah, you can call it GaryCon. And at that time, I... I didn't really put together that that was a convention in their world. In the, mm -hmm. the dinner table was uh, their main character is, is Gary Jackson. Who's a cross between Steve Jackson and, and my dad, Gary. <laughs> okay. And yeah, he runs hard eight games. And mm. so Gary Khan is their Gen Con, right? Ah, okay. And so uh, uh, Gary Khan in their world is one word. So I made Gary Khan two words, Gary space Khan. So that's, that's the actual convention. And, uh, and so I just said, Okay, great. And I rented the American Legion Hall again and said, show up if you want to show up. I didn't plan any games, any events. I had no idea who would come or not come. I didn't charge any money. I just said, come here and you know, we'll I figured I'd spend, you know, two thousand dollars a year and throw a party to remember my dad. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, about 175 people showed up or something like that. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. The first time? The first time. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and uh, you know, we just played games. We just, like, we just pick up games, complete. That was it. Uh, and I learned a lot because we were like, are there games planned? I was like, no. <laughs> your game. We're just playing a game. We're hanging out. Uh, but people said, well, are you charging? I was like, no. And Jolly brought a whole van full of uh, Kinzer product. And he said, hey, man, you can't pay for this out of pocket. Collect donations. Mm-hmm. And then a whole bunch of people got together and said, let's do a, a quick auction. And so we stopped gaming at five o'clock and people threw in stuff that they had. And we raised an auction. We ended up with $400 more uh, than it cost me to put this thing together. And I said, well, I can't keep this money. So I guess I will start a company. And next year, you know, I actually had events and, you know, put more uh, organization to it. And over the years, it grew from, you know, 175 probably that first year, you know, 240, 400, 500, 900. We outgrew the hotel we were at originally in, in Gary Con 8. We moved to the biggest place in Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva is a small town, by the way, about 6,000 people. So this is it's a small place. Uh, but it's an old, um, it was an old, it used to be the, called the Playboy Club. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hugh Hefner used to have, you know, like resorts, right? So it was designed by uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. And it's an you know old building from the from the sixties, and uh, it was also the site of Gary Con or excuse me Gen Con Ten because it was the biggest place in Lake Geneva, and they'd outgrown everything. It wasn't a real big hit with the parents though, who were dropping <laughs> off the kids. But, so so that was only one year, and then they moved to Parkside. But uh, so there's some history, there's some connection to Gen Con and and D and D and my family, and we're there. And I think our maximum attendance in, before COVID was about twenty seven hundred people, which is really the limits of that place. Um, and this year, I think we had about 2,000, 2,100, uh, and there was some, definitely some COVID impacts there. Uh, but that's how it started. And, and man, it has grown to be something that is, uh, you know, it, it's a celebration of it's a celebration of my dad's life, but it's also a gathering of gamers. And what people have told me is, this is my family reunion, but it's not with my blood family; it's with my gamer my gamer family. And and that's that's uh, that's pretty neat. That the, the payoff is. Is, is putting that together. Honestly, it's a pain in the ass to, to put together a big, work, a big <laughs> event bet. like that. It really is hard. Uh, and, and thank God I have some great people helping me. But the payoff is seeing all the people laughing, smiling, the friendships that have formed. I've seen kids, you know, grow up and now they're running their own games. You know, they're, they went from being, you know, six, seven years old. Now they're in college and, and running D&D games and stuff. And it's, that, that's the amazing part. So I gave you a very long answer. No, <laughs> but that's no, what Gary yeah, that's right. what Gary that, that, that makes it easy for us because now we're going to go into initiative order and throws questions out to the panel. And some of them are glad some time is burned up. First <laughs> up in the order is yeah. Harlan. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to hear more about that first one because 175 people, like what was the set of, uh, you can't all play one game. So how many games are y'all playing? Are y'all, is it, is it all TTRPG? Are y'all playing video games? What, what, what kind of, what, like 175 people when you're not expecting 175 people, you, how do you improvise that, that kind of thing? Here's the beauty of it. I said, figure it out. I just came here to play games. <laughs> I threw, I'm hosting the game, the game day. Like I paid for the place. If you didn't bring a game, that's on you. But people brought uh, primarily board games. I pl- I ran two more horrors for my friends. That, mm. That's a bunch of my like Desert Storm friends I hadn't seen in forever. They came. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, so there was uh, people playing uh, Fight in the Skies. Mike Carr was there running Fight in the Skies. Frank Mentzer was running, uh, you know, uh, basic D&D. Uh, gosh, uh, just... Tons of, you know, uh, Tom Wom was there running Tom Wom games. Uh, you know, James Ward was there probably running Metamorphosis Alpha. Uh, so it was just a good time and everybody plays games. It's a bunch of, we're a bunch of nerds, <laughs> you know, nerd game designers. So we played a bunch of tabletop games, but it was definitely uh, role play heavy and uh, board game. Oh, yeah. A lot of tag, Harland. A lot, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of really vicious games of tag, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie, you're up. <laughs> So I was curious if there is an event that uh, occurs at Gary Con every year that's become something of a tradition, or is it always like something different every year, but depending on like who decides they want to show up? Uh, no, there's there's definitely some some traditions at Gary Con, and most of them are are really not gaming a specific game per se. Uh, although there is that, uh, uh, but basically traditions that we have. 
it starts on Thursday, right? It's Thursday through Sunday nowadays. But the day mm-hmm. before, I throw a pizza party for people who are there, <laughs> right? It's just like come and drink beer and have pizza. And, and we did that. We used to do it at a place called the Next Door Pub, which was the TSR hangout in the small town. But we got too big, so we couldn't do that. So we just cater pizza in. And I we have pizza and beer while I pick up their badges for pre-registration. We hang out and maybe watch movies like they used to do in the old days. They, back before movies were like, you could commonly right. put in a DVD or something. People would bring a projector and you'd watch uh, Barry Lyndon or you know movies like that. Uh, or, or the Ray Harryhausen, you know, Sinbad movies and stuff. Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah, so so there's that. Um, then on Saturday, everybody wears a Hawaiian shirt uh, because my dad was known for wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, the story that most people don't know is that my dad thought Hawaiian shirts were very gauche and horrible. He hated them. Uh, but my sister, Heidi, correction, my sister, Elisa, moved to Hawaii when she got married with her husband out there. And knowing that my dad didn't care for those kind of shirts, would buy them for him for his birthday at the time. <laughs> oh, that's, to him. that's awesome. <laughs> and so he would wear them just, just to be, just because she bought them for him. So he, right. he wore it, and it kind of became his little signature thing at conventions. It was easy to see him, but yeah, he hated Hawaiian shirts. He would never wear them. Uh, it was ironic. He was doing it yeah. ironically. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's become the thing that we do. So we all wear our, our Hawaiian shirts on Saturday and we gather and take a picture in the lobby of everybody wearing their Hawaiian shirt. Uh, other things that we do, chain mail was again that my dad created in 1971 mm-hmm. or 72, a long time ago. I was barely born. Um, and it was a precursor. The uh, the fantasy supplement was a precursor to Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll play chain mail joust, which is a quick and easy rule set, but we'll do uh, joust at the uh, whoever the, the guy gags that did the best in the joust throughout the first few days. We'll, we'll be the, you know, we represent the Black Knight and we'll joust the champion of the other side. And, and then somebody will get a trophy for that. Uh, so there's just little, little traditions like that uh, uh, that are out there. Um, we also, we also drink, uh, we have happy hour on Friday and Saturday, uh, where if you buy <clears throat> one of these stadium cups that uh, every year we make, a uh, little stadium cup with the new design. This one's from Gary Con 14, has Larry Elmore Snarf Quest. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can get free beer, a free spotted cow, uh, specifically, which is a New Glarus beer. Uh, Gygax is a Swiss name, and my dad liked New Glarus, and so we provide Swiss, you know, New Glarus beer, New Glarus brewery beer uh, for everybody who has a beer cup and free soda for those of you who who are non-drinkers. That's okay. Uh, we got free soda, and of course, the cups also give you like specials throughout the whole weekend. So instead of it's like half price beer and a dollar sodas. Um, so just little nice little things that we do and kind of are tied back to my dad. Um, there's also a table of honor for my dad where we put a few of his things that he would have on his desk out there, including there's a Hawaiian shirt and you know, his magnifying glass because he had terrible eyes. So he's always, you know, loses that to look at his books and a bird book and binoculars. He loved to identify birds and, and that sort of stuff. And his ashtray, of course, he smoked two packs of camels every day, unfiltered camels. So. Not not great kids. Don't do that at home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so those are just a few of the things that, that we do at, at, at Gary Con that are kind of, you know, traditions. Uh, there's a few tournaments. There's a Legends of Role Playing uh, a tournament that's going on. I was writing modules for a Gary Con op- uh, open tournament, which is was essentially like the AD&D open in my mind. That's what I was trying to recreate from Gen Con. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, you know, we hang out and have a good time and, and we try to... Uh, uh, come up with cool things and, and continue them. Uh, some of them are features, you know, also you guys don't go to a lot of conventions, but typically food sucks at, at conventions and maybe it sucks at comic cons as well. I think it does. Yeah. So uh, what we did is we said, well, you know what? We really like to game and eat. So instead of having concession stands, can you just have your banquet staff come around and serve us like a short order, short order menu at the table? Cool. And, and so that's what we do. So um, we have, you can order your food and get it delivered right there to your table while you're gaming. So you don't lose uh-huh. time to stop for meals uh-huh. and there's so beverage nice. service there too. So if you were drinking beer or, or soda or whatever, you could also have those delivered. And uh, also free of charge. Um, we do as a thank you for our game masters. We do the uh, GM concierge service, which is essentially a cart that we roll around with volunteers and we offer water, soda, you know, Gatorade and, uh, you know, a Snickers or a peanuts or whatever it is that you want for the, for the GM 
once per game so that they don't have to worry about getting up to go get something or whatever. It's just a little thank you that we stop by and do that. Yeah, and, and and I'm sure it helps the DM's egos, which we don't have problems with that at all, too. So I'm sure I'm sure making us feel even more special doesn't doesn't have an negative. Well, I tell you what, I mean, any, I mean, honestly, any convention, uh, we owe you know, you guys are coming to the convention, paying most likely unless you're running a whole lot of games to get a free badge, and really bringing a lot of happiness to the people who are there. So GMs who come and run at conventions, they are very important. They should yeah. be they should be made to feel special. You heard it here, guys. Mm. Anthony, you're up. Mm. So uh, I wanted to ask about the the world of okra. Yeah. And kind of like how, the, you know, the world you created differs from things like, you know, Forgotten Rounds or Eberron or like kind of the sure. um, traditional D&D worlds we know. How does it differ? Yeah. You know, I'm not super familiar with Eberron or Forgotten Realms. I've played, you know, in it, but I haven't done extensive research. Uh, but my mm-hmm. understanding is they're they're more or less kind of a, a high magic Western fantasy, and I think everyone may, might have like little bits of very like steampunk, yeah, very yeah, steampunk, steampunk. yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, Okrim came out of uh, as I told you, I wanted to write modules for the Dairy Con Open. So I'd just gotten back from a tour to Iraq in like 2011. And I said, okay, I want to write a module for the following GaryCon, GaryCon 4. What am I going to do? And normally you'd think, okay, let's start small. You know, you're in a village, whatever. I was like, man, I, I just no ideas were coming to me. So I was like, all right, what is this place going to be like? And so I started thinking about a, uh, you know, a setting and uh, having been to Iraq very recently and the kind of the environmental challenges kind of occurred to me. I was like, okay, what's, what's something we don't see much in current settings that I'm, that I was aware of in, it was 2014, 2013, I think. Yeah. So 2013, you know, what, what is it, you know, what is it that we're, that we're, that we're, that we're not seeing? And I thought, you know, environmental challenges, you're not seeing that. And it really sucks wearing armor and walking through 120 degree heat with, you know, a weapon and that, that sucks. It's really, really bad. So I just want to add a little bit of that. So the first module had more environmental challenges on there. Uh, you know, getting lost in the desert, the heat, uh, the bugs and creatures, giant size that are that, that uh, annoy you in those sorts of places. Uh, and then I wanted it to be a more of a crossroads, a Bosphorus kind of place. Um, so, you know, it's not just uh, kind of your Western fantasy is set in a Viking area. It's going to be more right. like Turkey or if you put Ukraine backwards, you might notice it's suspiciously close to Morocco. So oh, there you go. Yeah. You go. Uh, so kind of in the uh, in the Maghreb sort of region, sort of North Africa uh, sort of setting. Uh, and uh, I like Metamorphosis Alpha and Gamma World and that sort of stuff. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be neat if there was, you know, this? You know, what's what's different about the world? Well, you know, there was once this great society that fell, right? And they had technology, they had powerful magic or that achieved technological effects through uh, in harnessing elemental magics. And mm-hmm. so that civilization is lost for thousands of years. People want to go find uh, these lost wonders. And so they trek into this terrible, dangerous wasteland. Uh, and so that was just the basics. And uh, I didn't need more than that to mm-hmm. write a module, uh, but I had a lot of fun. I wrote a few modules and had these ideas uh, in my head. Uh, but I said, I've been in the army until very, very recently. I'm just retired now. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to flesh that out and uh, bring it to life. So, was so we talk about eight years later, <laughs> eight, eight, nine years after I started thinking about it. I can't believe that much time passed. But I've got some neat, some some neat ideas on it, which I'll be which I'll be bringing out in kickstarters and primers and that sort of thing. I'm I'm working on now. Yeah, you're you're actually fulfilling one of your kickstarters as we speak, right? Yep, it's my fir- first kickstarter that I ever ran. So uh, it's a little bit more work than you think, boys and girls. So. <laughs> Just uh, FYI, if you're under, yep. do it, give yourself plenty of time. Don't uh, uh, coordinating other people, not easy. So <laughs> if you're doing it yourself, great. But as soon as you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring in this collaborator and this collaborator, it adds uh, layers of complexity and more chances for interruptions in your timeline. So uh, having good project management mm-hmm. skills is, is good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, saying things backward to produce fantasy names. It's amazing <laughs> how consistently that works, especially for NPCs. I think every NPC in our campaign, other than <laughs> the ones that patrons donate us, are named after something on my desk backwards. 
Uh, let's see. That is Andrew. Uh, so going back to your first con, mm-hmm. uh, you said 175 people attended. Were most people from the Lake Geneva area? I was kind of curious I, where the I have no idea. I, I didn't capture any demographics. No. Yeah, I just literally threw a party and said, come if you want to. That I wondered it. if I wondered if someone had come from Australia. Like you're like, wow, that's really far. How'd you get word so quickly? Yeah, no, I don't believe anybody from Australia, but for Gary Khan, Gary Khan 2, a guy came from Italy. So that was Luca wow. came from Italy. And then Gary Khan 8, we had a guy from Australia. And I think Wes Nicholson comes from Australia every year. We had a guy who comes from Thailand, a guy from Russia, people from wow. England, Canada. So there's a lot of people that were coming to that little convention because, I mean, Gary Khan 4 was still like 400 people. It wasn't that big. I like how you add Canada in there, like it's an exotic land far away <laughs> <in> Wisconsin, <laughs> all the way from Canada, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, I can't remember who who mentioned this, but it was early on in us starting to to talk to other um, other shows in the community. But they're like, yeah, if you if you're going to do a con and you want to do the big one, you can go to Gen Con. But if you want to do a con and go to the one where everybody hangs out together and you really get to meet and know people, you do Gary Con. And I think that that was such a um, such a great um, testament slash endorsement of a, of the environment there um, that it uh, it really got me interested in in finding out more about it. So, Jazz, what do you got? So, uh, my original question was going to be about the food at the con because uh, we tend to hinge our a lot of our shenanigans around the food that goes on in our podcast. Um, but um, since you already touched on that, I was going to ask more about the food for the Lake Geneva area. For the people that would be going out there, do you have any recommendations for like places like, you know, when you're outside of the con, are there any like really good local delicacies that you would recommend in the area? Well, I live in Los Angeles these days, so I'm not the most up to speed on my local Lake Geneva lore. Uh, the rest of my family is, is local. But uh, I would say a place that you want to visit, and I think it bears out my testimony because it's always busy when I go there is the next door pub. It's the little, you know, just a little bar and eatery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have great, great pizza. Had enjoyed their pizza for since the seventies as a kid. It's great. Um, and then of course, uh, it's Wisconsin. So, uh, fried cheese curds, right? So eat fried <laughs> cheese curds. That's very good. And, uh, if you want to just do it fast food style, the restaurant called Culver's, which if you guys are Midwestern, yep. you probably know Culver's, but they don't have that. It's kind of like in California, you have in and out like Culver's is the Midwest in and out. So we, we've got Culver's down in Austin. We've got a, do you? yeah, we they, do. Yeah. We've got wow. a couple, we got a couple in Austin. They're pretty All good. Right. They've expanded yeah. pretty good. They've expanded. Uh, so yeah, so next door pub is good. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's okay. There's there's nothing that I would rate really. Uh, well, okay, at GaryCon, there's a pretty decent little steakhouse. The Chop House is pretty good, uh, right in in the in the resort. Uh, so you can get a pretty decent steak there. That's that's nice. And there's an Italian restaurant that does pretty good food there as well. Uh, oh, that's back on me. So with uh, obviously we've all been dealing with COVID over the last mm-hmm. couple of years and it has impacted some industries more than other, but performances and conventions were significantly, significantly impacted. Um, what was, what was some of the challenges you had to navigate through as COVID onset, making the decision to like the transition to digital when you went back live? I mean, that had to be a whole nother level of calculus for, for putting on the show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gary Khan is run by maybe probably six, five or six people that really work on it year round. That's wow. it. Wow. It's pretty small. So uh, fortunately, there's a lot of people who are willing to contribute when called upon, you know, but it's just this really small core of staff that works on it. But uh, uh, what was nice is a guy named Matt Everhart. He goes by Casey Rift online. Uh, it's his handle. He had hit me up and he's like, hey, what do you, what do you think of doing like virtual for GaryCon uh, 11? And I was like, yeah, okay. You want to set up and do some virtual stuff? Sure. Why not? I don't want to say, I, like, I don't like to say no to people and it doesn't cost me anything. We're going we're gonna to do that. And I think we had maybe a hundred people and a handful of events that, that signed up for virtual, right? Uh, thank God I said yes to that guy uh, because we were marching on towards uh, mm-hmm. GaryCon 12. And sure, you know, COVID hit. <clears throat> I wasn't, I didn't think it would be a pandemic, right? I was like, right. 
come on, it's, you know, we had, we've seen SARS, we've seen bird, come on, yeah, it's <laughs> yep. okay. Yeah. People are excited. All right. All right. All right. But then it just kept going and it kept picking up speed. And I was like, oh man, I, I don't think it's going to cool off. And for those of you who are involved in business, you know, there's a lot of expenses that go into yeah. running a business. And if you just call it off, it's not like you had this pile of money right. sitting in the bank, right? Right. 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 You know, there, it's yeah. it goes to paying your contractors and mm-hmm. all the multitude of things that that happen and and buying a lot of merchandise, right? All that merchandise was purchased. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Right. And I don't have a distribution network. It goes to the con and people buy it. That's it, right? Um, so uh pretty much, you know, all the money is in, is invested in in there. So uh I was like, oh my God, we're gonna have to cancel. And there's no way we can refund money. We're going to just have to go bankrupt, right? And we're going to have to mm-hmm. go out of business. Um, and we thought about it. And we said, hey, we can't do the physical convention. And we said, well, okay. And I said, well, wait, can we pivot? Can we pivot this to a virtual event? Can we do that? And everybody said, well, you know, Matt and Boffrin and, you know, Josh Pop and a few other guys who are the Discord, you know, on, the, on Discord, which I hate Discord with a passion. I just like, don't like it. So I was never on there. Uh, and I hated, I was, I'm like a Luddite. I didn't, I did not like, uh, I would never get on discord or do any sort of stuff. I was just like, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I would go to studios and do shoots right mm-hmm. for, but I would not do it from home. Obviously I learned how to embrace that. So they very patiently worked with me and said, Hey, let's, let's figure this out. And we pivoted and inside of it was less than three weeks is closer to two weeks. We went from a live event to a virtual event, and we had two thousand participants in six hundred events. Wow! Yeah. Wow. So people dug in and did it. And this was—I was, you know, I was—I'm uh, I was a national guardsman, mm-hmm. and so the mission of the national guard—I was a full-time national guardsman. So I was—that was my main job, right? Right. Uh, and they worked for the governor, and California obviously had a COVID emergency, right? So. We were busy working long days coordinating COVID response, right? COVID support. So if it wasn't for, you know, your Matt Everharts and those kind of guys really in Caroline, Caroline uh, Burks helped me out a bunch and several other folks who were, uh, you know, friends of mine and, and had worked alongside Gary Gunn, they really picked up and ran with the ball and they made that happen. And mm. I, you know, people have told me, so I, I hate to sound like I'm, you know, tooting my own horn or whatever. But people have told me, we saw what you did with GaryCon, and we we thought, okay, we have months to adjust. We can do that, too. We don't have to cancel. Yeah. We can do a virtual event. And so uh, just by being able to do that, by the efforts that those people did, and by the love that people have for GaryCon and not wanting to see it fail, um, they gave hope to other people to, and, and probably helped keep other events alive as well. Yeah, that that's a fast pivot, man. And, um, that, that's, that's impressive. I, um, I work in supply chain stuff and the, the dealing with that crazy disruption for the last two years has been the name of the game. And that's impressive. I've seen a lot of companies not do as well, make, making the move. Uh, that brings us back around. Yeah, but to- don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Lots of people accuse me of, uh, cheating them, uh, <laughs> making up some reason to not have the show in like, absconding with their hordes uh, of cash that I had yeah. stuck in the, that I had set to the side so that mm. I could create COVID and then steal their money. So I <laughs> thought that was wow. like, okay, we it know, was always you. We was know, you. we <laughs> know that bookcase folds open and just gold coins yeah. spill out. Yeah, spill out. yeah. that's yeah. 100% what's going on there. So don't Scrooge my secrets. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I put in, you know, yes, I've worked 11 years so that I could <laughs> cheat you out of this. <laughs> yes, my plan. I'm like a terrible criminal. <laughs> that, that the slow wish spell worked. The long <laughs> con. <laughs> yeah, right? really, no kidding. Jeez. I mean, our, our come lunch. on, guys. All right. How do we pivot from there? Uh, so I was going through your Twitter. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. 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 It's a dangerous <laughs> neighborhood. It's dark I, I, was looking, I was looking through your underwear drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw a few pictures of you posting Fit Gamer. Uh, yeah. uh, hashtag uh, fit gamer. Yeah. So you work out. Uh, I got to ask you a question. Have you used uh-uh. those maces and swords? I haven't. And those look they, cool. They look cool. And number two, are they any good? <laughs> you know, uh, how'd you like? No, no, sorry. Not how are they any good? How'd you like it if you used it? 
I have not used it. And I'll okay. tell you why. It's because I'm cheap. I, <laughs> I go to LA Fitness. I'm not going to go buy some stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, we're Swiss are not known for being great mm-hmm. spenders. Just it's <laughs> kind of my heritage. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I, I haven't, I have thought about <clears throat> some ideas for a fitness regimen that would be mm-hmm. linked to, uh, linked to gaming and some ways to do some workout and maybe kind of mind body, mind body balance stuff yeah. associated with the four uh, classes. But, you know, it's, it takes a little bit of, it's, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. I don't have aptitudes in each area. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I I started outlining because I actually do um, I use a gorilla bow, which is a uh, like a basically okay. a big metal bow, and then a fifty. Mm-hmm. I, I do the steel maces. Um, and uh, so how yeah, how do you like them? Um, I like you know it's the it's if you're used to doing uh, like like barbells or, or other free weights, the the uneven balance does kind mm-hmm. of help work the stabilizing muscles a little bit more. I'm yeah. just I'm just getting started on it though. I'm using like a like a like a twenty pound um steel mace and don't have the um the command of it yet to do like the the flow workouts yeah. yet um but yeah there's there's a couple of cool things that we start, started to sketch out a okay this is how you do a fighter based one this is how you do a rogue based one <laughs> this is agility based and and got up to the point where i was had reached out to a trainer be like hey look if i give you these parameters can you design a, a workout routine around it and then just like everything else in the oh i'm woefully overcommitted. let me just stick a pin in that and we'll get back around to that project uh, two years later, but, um, yeah, exactly. I've had this idea floating around for a number of years and, and I do have access to some pretty darn, darn good guys. Uh, uh, Ron, uh, Oh, shoot. E. Coleman. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ron, oh my God. I mean, he's Joe Manganiello's trainer. He was Joe Manganiello's trainer. Uh, he's great. Uh, he was like, he was like Mr. CrossFit over 40 several times. Super nice guy. Great gamer. Uh, Ron Matthews. Uh, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we could totally do that. But, uh, it's, you know, I got to dig up the resources for it, the funding mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, but I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to do a body by gag X workout based on that, right? You already got a copyright. Grab your Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and pop in the video. That's right. <laughs> we, will, we will set that up in live stream. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, Harlan, I think Harlan and I are doing the 3M uh, half marathon, or at least Harlan has signed up for the 3M half marathon, which yes, is ga- gauntlet thrown, which means now I have to get in marathon shape. It's like, son of a bitch. Um. Yeah. yeah, I got hoodwinked. I got hoodwinked into running a 10 miler because I don't like to run. I mean, I ran like six miles and when the army made me, but that's yeah. about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was, uh, I was deployed in nice lady that I worked with. Uh, of course, she was younger and that sort of stuff. She said, oh, yeah. It, it, another guy had come by from the infantry, infantry unit. He's like, hey, you used to be infantry. You want to go on the 10 mile, uh, the, you know, 10 mile, whatever merit run? I was like, Army 10 mile. I was like, hell no, I don't want to do that. Are you kidding me? I was like, there's no way I want to. Is, is there beer at the end of this thing? I mean, I, yeah, there's no way I'm doing that. Right. And then she's like, oh, I signed up for it. I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh yeah, I I missed the sign up for that. That's that I can't do it. And she's like, "Oh, don't worry. I I'm friends with the people who are doing it. I'll go ahead and get you signed up." And I was like, "Oh, oh, no. Dang it. oh no. I can't not do it because I was like, "Oh yeah, I would have totally done it except I missed the sign up." So deception oh, failed. Deception, deception failed. failed. Yeah. So I ran the ten miler, and uh, the worst part was I started off strong. I was you know running. Uh, she she was running with another friend of ours who had, he kind of hurt his leg early, so he's running a little bit slower. So I ran forward, then I'd run back to him, see how they're doing. Then I'd run forward, then run back to him. So about mile six or seven, I'm like, I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. So I like start half walking, half running a little bit on this thing. She just cruises right past me, doesn't stop. None of that. Just cruises. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's terrible. So I still made it. It took. I ran uh, an hour and forty minutes. I did a 10, 10 minute mile pace for ten. Oh, miles. thank you. And I'd never, I'd never run ten miles, so that was like, yeah, run, solid. Running is objectively terrible, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> uh so i was curious uh growing up with the creator of dungeons and dragons how old were you the first time you actually played the game yourself uh the first memory i have is i'm a, i believe i was four years old um and we were playing uh a game in the living room of 330 center street which is where we still live at that point in time and you know, my brother was there my dad was dming i think rob Koontz was there and, you know, I'm not sure, maybe Jim Ward and a couple other folks. Uh, and my dad was like, okay, you can play one of the man-at-arms that they're hiring to go explore this moat house that's by this village. 
And I was like, okay, cool. Great. And then he whispered, he took me to say, he whispered, okay, you're more than a man at arms. You're actually a ranger who's in the employer, the druid in the woods. Okay. And so you're supposed to spy on these guys and see what's going on. So uh, I did. And then of course, you know, they later they found out I was better than just a regular man at arms and I adventured with them. But uh, a lot of my early adventures, I only experienced like the first two hours of the adventure because <laughs> my mom would say, it's now 8 30. <laughs> it is your bedtime. I'd be like, Mom, please, I work out one more combat. It's like, listen, you need to go brush your teeth and go to bed. So this man's yeah. arms bedtime is now. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write that one in there. <laughs> Sleep spell thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you don't want to cross mom. That's a, a bad yeah, move, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I was also uh, coming through the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Go to my Facebook. It's more friendly. <laughs> no, no, no. This this is is actually along the same lines. I I came across uh, this picture of uh, it's a cool artist um, picture drawing of you and your girls and their as their characters. Yeah, whatnot. I so that. I was I was I was gonna flow into the same que- uh, you know question of like is playing a uh, family affair at your house as well. Yes, I like to do that with my girls as often as as, as I can. Um, I was gone a lot in the military, and I was like literally just retiring now. This is the first time I've had a beard in many many years, uh, so I was didn't have that much time. And then running a convention and doing all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff, I was working weekends a lot too, staying up with that. So we didn't game nearly as much as I would like to. Yeah. But they do like to game uh, a little bit more strong in table in like board games and stuff, uh, but we do play 5e uh together they have those are their characters obviously uh so we've got my oldest daughter who always likes you know combat like fighter characters and real kind of like she she likes superheroes and like masculine characters and that sort of stuff so she plays a male um uh, paladin uh minotaur paladin nice uh yeah so that's the that's they're definitely taking it and uh so she, she's really focused on like okay what what what, what butts can I kick? My middle daughter right. is more of a girly girl and she wants, she wanted to be a dragon princess. So she's an elven sorcerer. <laughs> and uh, because she dragon said, no, I'm a dragon princess. I had to make it so she could transform into a kind of like a little dragon form and do some special stuff. So to keep her interested <laughs> over the years. So she, she's That's a right. dragon princess. And then the younger one uh, thought I'd let her pick. I was like, okay, let's pick whatever race you want. And I was going through reading about it. And I said, bugbear. And she's like, Oh, Bugbear, that sounds great. That sounds sounds cute. And so I said, okay, you're a bugbear. So she's a bugbear ranger. And it turns out she's the el- the elves, uh, uh, Serena, uh, Serena Elfren, that's the, the bugbear. And Alia is uh, Amira's character. She's the elven sorceress. She, her parents basically killed the bugbears. And she was a baby bugbear. And so they raised her, you know, they, they yeah. raised her uh, as her sister. And so she, the bugbear identifies more as an elf than anything else, mm. but people always looking at her like she's a bugbear. And then of course, when I, she got Sabrina was you know five or six when she got a little bit older and she's like, wait, what's my character look like? And I showed her, she's like, that's me. I was like, yeah, you're a bugbear. She's like, no, I don't want to be a bugbear. I said, but you're a very nice bugbear. So, so yeah, so they got a minotaur and a bugbear traveling with an elf. So it's kind of a weird, but that's what they picked. That's funny. Yeah. That's a great group. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, since uh, D&D uh, has moved hands a couple times, it went to Wizards of the Coast and then to Hasbro. Um, does it feel, especially since you're playing with your kids, does it feel like you're playing your dad's game in 5e or does it feel like a whole different thing? I mean, that's a pretty good question. I would say that yes. fifth edition is, uh, is you know, it's certainly there is substantial differences between what I think is my dad's game, which would be Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I think that's the game he really enjoyed yeah. playing the most. Uh, and that's kind of what he felt. Okay, this is D&D, you know, for him. Uh, it's wonky. Uh, you know, it's got lots of, you know, rules and charts and things that you would refer to. Almost, you know, a little bit more war gamery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at its core, what is it? You know, in AD&D, if you get out the player's handbook, you know, behind me, you flip the page, whatever, you know, 16 or something in the player's handbook there's going to be like an, a weapon speed factor and like weapon, what type of weapon it is versus what kind of armor class, you know, adjustments. 
we never used those. Those were mm-hmm. completely, you know, optional rules. So it was, it was more about, hey, what do you want to do? Tell me about it, right? Maybe there'd be a role. Maybe it would just be discussing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it was story and, and that sort of thing. Combat tended to be more, you know, cut or dry, like die rolling, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but 5e is, is not that much different in that sense. You're still creating a story. You're still trying to accomplish something, right? It's still, that's the core element. So I, I feel like it is similar. You know, it's, he, he invented the role-playing genre through Dungeons and Dragons. So whether you're playing Shadowrun or whatever game, uh, there's that element that's there. A 5e is just kind of smoothed down, I would say. And just like maybe movies of the 70s are paced differently. Mm-hmm. Lower. Right? There's a more development, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 5e is paced more like a movie now. Right? Yeah. So there's just different sensibilities depending on where you're at. So I think both are great products. I love playing 5e. I have no issue with it. I love playing first edition. Uh, and I can see, you know, my dad's imprint on both of them. And from talking to Mike Merles, who was pretty, you know, involved in the development of 5e, uh, he said his home game was AD&D until they made 5e. Mm-hmm. And they drew upon a lot of AD&D yeah. concepts to, uh, to make 5e. Yeah, we've done a lot of cross edition kind of breakdowns and um, was it's something I, I really, really, really enjoy is, is cross sectioning a rule across all five editions and looking at, at what the progression is. And we stumbled onto, I don't know if it was the Druid or, and there's a deeper dive that I'll end up doing on this, but that the spell progression charts in fifth edition through pretty much every edition, except fourth and fourth, it may be the same, but it's still so hard to translate. Um haven't changed like from that first edition other than the addition of cantrips that power curve for spellcasters is still the same 36 years later that, that that it was that it was nailed so well so there are some cool bones that have made their way through through all the editions that um that i really geek out on so yeah. uh jazz so forgive me but i also did some scrolling through the twitters oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Jazz is outside your house looking in your window. <laughs> oh no, we're so sorry about that. But no, I came across um, a tweet about the uh, the gags pack and GaryCon live, and I wanted to know exactly how uh, how related is that to actual GaryCon? Um, sure. Is that something that would be seen at the con? Or no, I mean we do stream it. We've streamed at GaryCon since GaryCon either nine or ten, and um, uh, you know it's. Basically, you know, streams are more outward facing unless you have an audience, right? Yeah. And so space is at a, at a premium. So, so no, but white streaming and, and it was so good during COVID to right. help unite folks. Because I, I, I learned uh, Zoom or Discord or whatever is great for you, for a group like us playing a game. But what you don't feel is a sense of community. Mm. You can't walk into the room. And hear the dice clattering on a bunch of tables and the murmur and the but and that's you, you kind of feed off that right that's really nice that's why we go to conventions right so you can right. see that uh and streaming is maybe a way a little bit kind of through the chat especially to have a sense of community so i thought that was worth doing and the gags pack is just a really great group of people they had so much fun doing what i thought would be like a three or four part adventure they came to me and said can we just keep doing it <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> But you know, it takes it takes a little bit to resource that and get it going. So um, yeah, we can't, yeah, can't continue. Got, on. got quite the lineup there for the Gags Pack. Yeah. Oh um, no! All of the, all of them are great players. Really good, good people. Really, really nice. They're all all consider them all friends. Good shout, shout out to friend of the show, B Dave. Yeah, got, uh, B Dave's great. You got Gag Gags Works is your um, mm-hmm. is your kind of gear brand that you're working on? Is that? Oh, yeah, Gaxworks is really what I'm going to publish under. So Gary Khan does events, and I want to publish under Gaxworks and do game accessories under Gaxworks uh, as opposed to Gary Khan. Uh, and there's some reasons why they're less super fun. Just I have a, a stepmom who's less less than cordial uh, towards my brothers and sisters and myself. And so she's often threatened, you know, litigation saying, well, you can't even use the name Gary Khan. Mm-hmm. You can't use your name Guy Gax. Okay, so just in case. Yeah, that's scary. Con, this is you know my other stuff. Well, cool guys, we are in the the back uh, back part of this. Um, it, Luke has got a, another commitment, and we want to make sure we get him out right on time. So, 
We're going to do one quick lightning round around the around the horn, and then uh, Luke, if you have a, a a question you want to flip out to the panel, great. If not, you take the dodge action, and we'll wrap this thing up. So, <laughs> lightning lightning round, Harlan, go. Um, this is uh, Coral Bay Nikki's question. What version of D and D do you play with your kids? I think you said five E. Was it always five E or no? I played go- with Miriam. I played first edition. She had uh, Brendak the Ranger who would uh, fight with a long sword and dagger. And really all she cared about was don't give me the story. Put the, <laughs> put the uh, Dwarven Forge tiles down with the Reaper miniatures. And I want to start shaking dice and killing stuff. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that. <laughs> That's all she wanted. And then what treasure? That was it. Jamie. Uh, okay. Uh, what is your favorite creature or monster from, uh, the monster manual? Oh, that's a good one. Oh man. I'm going to selfishly say the bullywood because it's the first thing that came to my mind because I created the bullywood when I was a kid. Oh, um, so wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We had a one. <laughs> we had a creek in my backyard and I saw little frog guys and I got talking to my dad about it and made up bullywoods. Awesome, man. Awesome. I had no idea. Anthony. Uh, so you're the only person here who has played with Turner as a player. How is Turner <laughs> as a <laughs> equal? Uh, it is. How is it being it's, it's, you know, it's your guys' show, so I would feel like that would be inappropriate for me to answer that. Oh, no. oh, oh, wow. oh, oh, he was not good. Oh, he got killed oh, early. Oh, I didn't say that. Man. I didn't say you that. Know what, you know, you know the worst. Comment. The worst part about that question is. That video is online and they've had months to go watch it. <laughs> and they still had to ask an eyewitness how it was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Thanks I for asked your him support. what his opinion of the experience was. I didn't say I hadn't seen it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew. Hold on, you. hold on. Uh, Anthony didn't get his question answered. He was very polite about it. Andy, Andy, uh, okay, my okay. My question is: uh, Are you looking forward to the upcoming D and D movie, Ooh, or do you think question. they should? You think they should stop with the quality of the first? Oh, there's a heavy <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the first, the first three or whatever they did were yeah. very interesting films. If this is worse <laughs> than those, I mean, they only really there's not, you know. They don't have. It'd be hard for them to do worse. So I'm I'm hopeful that <laughs> right. they're to go, but up. Yes. The the yeah. recent re-release uh, remake of Mortal Kombat will challenge that. <laughs> yeah. Why can't they get D and D right? It's so rich. There's so many stories you can tell that would be awesome. They got Game of Thrones right. They got right? they, they got on. the cartoon. They can do they could do a a moderate remake of the cartoon and be eighty percent successful right off the rip. Um, I think you're uh, right. Yeah, uh, I talked to a few people about some of their ideas for just taking that cartoon and advancing it to mm-hmm. be like for 14 year olds and kind of what it would be like the kids of the, oh, heck yeah. of the D nice. characters have to come back and, you know, somebody is still trapped in the world and they're going to whatever. So, but yeah, you there's so many good ideas. Yeah. Why do they keep coming up with dog turns? I, I, <laughs> I, I would watch the hell out of young justice. The D and D version of young, young justice basically is oh my like, God. That'd be so good. Uh, jazz lightning round question. Go. Um, yeah, so Dreekin in the chat asked, uh, he's got a two-parter. One, how is Grogu? And that's two, not how, that's not how lightning rounds work, Chad. <laughs> how is Grogu? And two, what has been your favorite of the new Star Wars movies or shows? All right. So Grogu is doing well. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So he's he is pretty spoiled, uh, but he's healthy and doing well. Uh, and then the Star Wars movies, uh, the new ones? I don't know. I'm not a big believer. They're okay. Uh, I really dug the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. I thought the Mandalorian okay. yeah, was yeah. amazing. Uh, the book of Boba Fett was okay until they put the Mandalorian in it. Then I got suddenly much more interested. <laughs> so, yep. so yeah, I think, I, you know, uh, is it just because I'm a old, old fart now and I'm don't, you know, I'm not as excited about star Wars. I, I don't know. Um, I still, I rewatch them. I rewatch the first six every so often. Yeah, Dave Dave Filoni's had it had a, the most consistent run out of anybody involved with the Star Wars part. Everything else has been kind of hit or miss. Well, well, cool. So we like to close out with a unexpected question for the panel. And since we switched to the new format, Luke, we've been letting the guests ask that question if they choose to do so. So again, not obligated to because it is putting you on the spot a little bit. But is there a a closing question you'd like the panel to have to answer? Uh, 
how did you guys meet and decide to do your Give Me the Loot uh, podcast? <laughs> Video games. Yeah. <laughs> Video games. Most of turn us it, turn know it each other. Yeah, he, most of us know each other from playing video games. Turner, you can. Well, yeah, I I worked with Harland uh, and okay. and the bear Moyle uh, back at <laughs> at a job, and then yeah. Harland. Uh, so <laughs> Moyle, I should ask, how did you get the name Moyle? Because of my Jewish friends tell me that's has yeah. A very yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I try and work hard for my tips. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it, it's it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was he was hunted down by a team of four assassins named the Skeins. So um, if the uh, it, it is a uh, it's 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 not the family friendly show. Uh, but <laughs> a couple of work associates, uh, Harland and Jamie and Anthony, went to get school together at Full Sail. Anthony, no, we were you part of the just, just being Harland after the. Nope. Uh, so, uh, then Jazz, hey, Jazz, what is your, your, like, how, how did you meet the group? We lived in the same small town <laughs> for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So cool. And we were, uh, we were playing destiny together, uh, playing destiny Two. we were a destiny Two raid group, except for Andrew, uh, the guy that would, uh, who, would who have knew been, of a console, uh, would have, yeah, Andrew, Andrew only plays Atari, <laughs> uh, the guy that had been in Andrew's chair, uh, moved to Germany. Uh, and then, uh, so we, we needed a, um, we needed a rogue agent and he was the first person I thought of. Um, but I had been on a previous, uh, I had been invited, um, like the same week, um, a friend of I, that, a friend that I played world of Warcraft with, and my son came to me, uh, and the friend went, Hey, do you want to be on a D and D podcast? And my son went, dad, have you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? And like the, the clouds parted and light shone down and I went, okay, well, this has got to happen now. Uh, and that's that's what got me into the podcasting bug and um, got the opportunity to bring these guys together. Um, and then that grew into streaming extra content where our primary content is the podcast, the actual play. Um, and this mm-hmm. stuff, this the, the interview shows the streaming stuff, the variety content is just a nice way to kind of get to talk to people in the community and and, um, you know, talk a little bit, uh, meet some interesting people and, and theory craft some stuff from time to time and and just do a little bit of extra. So, yeah, well, Cool guys, and and hear my heroes destroy my destroy my favorite movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you like what? Which? What's your favorite Star Wars movie? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. If only it was the Star Wars movie. He, Tell oh, me what movie it is. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm probably the only person alive that actually enjoyed the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but you are. You hear? But for a really <clears throat> good Jeremy reason. Irons. I mean, yeah, it <laughs> did have Jeremy Irons, but yeah, no. Um, so like that movie was like my guiding light into fantasy stuff. Um, and Marlon oh. Wayans character yeah. kind of made me feel okay to go into that between okay. that, some nerd stuff I had been introduced to, to my family through my family. And then Anthony also kind of, so yeah, so that, I mean, that it holds a spot for me that I, and I you were sure. go of. It should. I was, well, like, I was like, like 13. Okay, I was say like twelve. I was say you're like twelve. Yeah. Right? So that makes that makes total sense. So you get twenty four. No, he was twenty four. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. So that's right. I, so I loved the eighteen when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I loved that show. I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. And then I watched it as a grown up, and I'm like, yeah. oh, no, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I acknowledge that it's bad now. Just. Everybody yeah. jumps on me for it. Yeah, because yeah. it's because yeah. oh, yeah. it's funny. Because it's funny. <laughs> Do you really acknowledge it's bad? Or is it has a spot here for you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, yeah. Yeah. look yeah. Knight Rider was the coolest thing in the world when we were. Oh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you go back and you watch that now, and you're like, "There's a lot more Hasselhoff musical numbers in this than I really <laughs> remember <laughs> as a kid." So, oh man, what was it? Was it? It wasn't Kung Fu Hustle. What was the movie that he did that had Hasselhoff in it doing the video, the music? Oh, uh, it was uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy oh. Two. No, 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 no it was like Kung. It was Kung. There was like uh, the Kung Pao. No, Kung Pao. Was it with Hitler as a Kung Fu guy? Oh, oh wow! Oh, no. I think oh, you're thinking of a SpongeBob movie. No, it's <laughs> really this is a, it's like a Swedish movie. I'm not even sure. Oh, I think I know what you like. There are Nazi <sighs> zombies on the. I know it's the one where, Hitler, about. where it rides a tyrannosaur. There were yes, yes, it is Kung Fury. Fury? Kung 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 Fury. Fury. Yes. Kung Fury, and he is the Kung Fury. That's right. That sounds awesome. I've never heard of this. I so, it. You should watch it. In addition, watch it. addition to the secret origin of Bullywugs, you've learned about Kung Fury, and I can think of. <laughs> No better way to slink away into the darkness at the end of the stream. So, thanks, Turner. So, Luke, thank you so much for joining us, panel. Thanks so much for some great questions. 
Folks, thank you so much for joining us. As always, hope you enjoyed the stream. In stream now. Boop.